All right. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> I know we're a bit late today. That's Emily tried to take the blame, but that's kind of on all of us. Indeed. <laughs> we're moving a little slow today. A bit lethargic. Trying to fuel up. So but we're uh, here. This week, we're only going to have three streams airing. Uh, we have what is probably our final current event stream. I just realized the, uh, the one being shared says 2 August. So that's, that's the end slide, not the beginning slide. So that's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, today is the 9th of August, and we'll be talking about things that have happened since the 2nd of August. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see, and on Wednesday we have part two of our Emma Goldman series, which is available now on Patreon uh, to our patron subscribers. And then Thursday we will have uh, part 13 of the Black Panther Party series, where we are reading from the book Seize the Time, the story of the Black Panther Party by Bobby Seale. Um, and today... I recorded a piece on the May Day riots of 1919, and um, we will be releasing that on Patreon to our subscribers tonight, <laughs> and it will be available for everybody else uh, a week from Wednesday. And I think that's it. I think I covered all our bases. Oh, yeah. Well, give me just a moment here. There is a piece I wanted to share here today about uh, the Nagasaki anniversary. Today is that day. Um, this year's saying yeah, uh, the uh, anniversary of Hiroshima was three days ago. Yeah. Um, in August of 1945, uh, we dropped the atomic bombs on both Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It led to the loss of between 110,000 and 210,000 lives. They don't Just have exact Nagasaki. numbers. Right. Many of the long-term impacts of the bombings, such as cancer clusters, can still be seen across Japan today. Um, it's a timely reminder that we should all play our part in furthering non-proliferation of nuclear weapons across the world so that this shit never happens again. Um, it's a dangerous period in the history of nuclear weapons. The world's arms control framework is under threat. A number of treaties designed to limit arms and build confidence have unraveled in recent years, including the INF Treaty and the Open Skies Agreement. Uh, while it was welcome to see the renewal of New START agreement earlier this year, it's only it's the only agreement that specifically places limits on the number of nuclear warheads that can be held by the U.S. and Russia. And together we possess more than 90 percent of the world's nuclear weapons. Yet we wag our finger at anybody who we suspect might be making one. Um, hypocritical at best. Uh, at the same time, the changes in technology threaten to upend the nuclear status quo, creating new risks and providing a wider technological arms race. 
Meanwhile, China is undergoing the largest modernization and expansion of its nuclear arsenal in history. Its history, anyway. Um, this is a particularly worrying development given the rising tensions between the U.S. and China. Um, they have a more assertive approach towards Taiwan. Um, they have territorial ambitions in the South China Sea. Uh, so it's more important now than ever to have some dialogue with them on the future of nuclear non-proliferation and arms control. Because that's not where we should be, you know, investing our monies in towards, you know, there's, there's better tech to develop than working on more nuclear weapons. It's ridiculous. Um, with its position as a nuclear power in the UN Security Council, the UK could take a leading role in convening negotiations towards an unprecedented agreement with all the nuclear powers. It's something they've been discussing over there. Um, it's uh, an opportunity to reboot their commitment to help forge the next generation of necessary arms controls and security agreements. Um, instead... Yeah, um can I just interject real quick? To, uh, in terms of denuclearization, it's still uh, We're losing your audio, Rob. Hot button topic today. Hawkins from the Green Party pointed out often through his 2020 campaign, even during... I, I don't know if you lost me or what. Yeah, you were cutting in and out so bad. I, I don't know if you even heard me say we were losing your audio. But Well, yeah, I, I did hear I, that. But. I, I did catch enough of it to get the gist of what you were pointing out about Howie's campaign. That was one of the key points on his platform was to cut back on nuclear weapons. Um, you know, and it's... It's one of those things where, like, every time the people are speaking out for wanting to limit these, the government's like, okay, we'll increase the caps, you know? Because that's basically what, right. what even the UK did in response to their people asking for more control there. They instead went the opposite direction and chose to increase the cap to 80 warheads. Like, we already saw what a few can do. Who the fuck needs 80 warheads, let alone 80 per country? It's reckless. You know, it breaks with the slowly but surely approach to multilateral <laughs> disarmament, um, you know, without even a clear explanation of when, why, or for what strategic purposes. It sends the wrong message to the world on nuclear responsibility. It risks making the world a more insecure place. It's fucking ridiculous that people in power are so obsessed with making more nuclear weapons and controlling other people's, you know, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, if you're sitting so there. I'll, I'll try this. I'll try this again. One of the things that Howie always pointed out, if you can hear me this time, is that yep. in, in 2020 and now 2021, the doomsday clock, the nuclear doomsday clock, is closer to midnight than it's ever been, including at the height of the USSR, the height of the Cold War. 
right, because now there's a whole bunch of other people trying to hop on that train like, hey, I can threaten oh. you with nukes too. And it's like, how about we destroy all the fucking nukes? Nobody needs nukes. You know, when you have many fucking generations of cancer in people who, you know, their homes got hit by these. I mean, besides the countless people who already died. But now multiple generations of people are dealing with cancers just from being exposed, from being, you know, um, in that environment that is then toxic from that point on until it all gets fucking cleaned up. Um, things that are being passed down hereditary wise uh, because of certain cancers, certain, you know, things that are caused by that. This is ridiculous. We can see the results of it. Loud and clear, just by looking at how bad we fucked up Japan. It's reprehensible. There's no excuse for it. And we still got motherfuckers being like, but I want the ability to do that to others too. Get the fuck out of here. You know? It's ridiculous, you know? Um, so that's one thing I would just like to point out that on this fucking anniversary here... We all need to raise our fists and not necessarily just in the solidarity fist this moment, but raise our fists and start fucking swinging because there's no excuse for our employees taking it upon themselves to continue to feed this shit instead of working on this non-proliferation treaty that has been delayed and delayed and delayed. They need to get on it and actually sign the treaty and stop trying to, you know, work on building up their armaments and instead working on disarming themselves, you know? I totally agree with all of that. Um, and, and that's a big part of what initially drew me to the Green Party was their policies uh, long before this 2020 campaign of nuclear disarmament. It's been a focus of theirs heavily since they formed in the 80s. Yeah. And it's it's only gotten worse, you know. Um, yeah. Here in the States, we still haven't ratified the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty, which would effectively outlaw nuclear brinkmanship through testing. Um, and testing those weapons proves to be a catalyst to potential conflict has also led to, you know, what I was just saying of the cancer clusters in areas, even where the tests take place. Like that's not just when they actually drop them on people. If you even live in a vicinity near these testing sites, then you're at a high risk for those cancers too. And we still haven't signed that. It's so disappointing. So fucking Well, speaking of cancers, the, the nuclear bombs weren't the end of that. Uh, no. Agent Orange in Vietnam, other other defoliation agents, um, okay. as well as, uh, well, I mean, that's the main thing is the defoliation agents. Look at what fucking has happened to families in Vietnam decades after the war. I mean, you know, they still have ridiculously high levels of uh, stillbirths and miscarriages. Uh, deformed babies are not uncommon. 
And that's as a direct result of U.S. military intervention. Yep. You know, people are always quick to talk about our own veterans who have sicknesses from Agent Orange. They forget that they're the smallest number as far as across the board because the people who fucking live there who have had to endure this exposure for decades now have it far worse. And that's saying a lot. Like, I've got friends who are vets who were exposed to Agent Orange back in Vietnam. And it's hell on them. So I can only fathom how bad it is for the people who have been perpetually exposed to it. Not just short time exposure like what our vets had. You know, they've had to deal with the after effects of this for decades now. It's horrendous. We need to put a stop to this brutal shit that what the fuck does war even solve? really at least as far as i think there's a a song about that war what is it good for absolutely nothing it's the nail on the fucking head that's the thing only war we should be contending with is a class war overthrow the fucking bourgeoisie who are exploiting the shit out of us by using us as little fucking military toys to go march across the fucking planet and kill other people for them. Because we're just getting exploited as far as the working class and that equation. The actual soldiers, they're getting exploited. The ones really pulling those strings and wanting to, you know, utilize American bodies to go stack up other people's bodies across the planet. The ones pulling those strings are rich motherfuckers who only seek to use war for their own personal profit. Monetarily. We've seen this time and time again. Oh, even going back to Nam, okay? The last war that America fought that wasn't to steal resources, I'm pretty sure was World War II. And I mean, that could be debated, really. I mean, did we really want to stop fascism? No, we didn't want we didn't want the Russians to get the credit. That's pretty much it. I'm just saying the, the the motivation for hopping in wasn't, oh, man, there's a natural resource here that we can, you know, steal from the locals. Because why would America do that to Europe? We like to do that to other parts of the world, like where brown people live and black people live. Um, Global South, specific, like, I mean, as a whole, really. Right. Um, so we weren't going in there to, you know, steal their resources. Say hello to Princess Doom. She sees my pasta. She's being a pretty begging girl. Hey, look up, look up here, here. Yeah, over here. Say hi. I just moved the food and she's like. (laughs) Oh, goodness. She has no interest in just wants that food. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She knows I'm getting down to the bottom of the bowl and she wants to lick the bowl. Why? Because princess. (laughs) There you go. You're such a pretty girl. Um. Anywho. 
So there is one more thing that I just thought of that I want to plug. What's that? That Conquest of Brett post on our website. Uh, That is content that was created by a comrade of ours. This is, uh, I'd say, the latest development in what is becoming a partnership uh, between us and the Brett Theory podcast. Obviously, we've been more communist leaning and they've been more anarchist leaning so why not you know try to work together best of both worlds kind of situation cross pollination as you've been calling it i like that term (laughs) yes pretty nice um but he did a complete series on uh conquest of bread by peter kropotkin and we have the links to both video and audio uh platforms embedded on the web page so uh yeah okay okay you can't just step on my mouse my goodness i don't mind the dogs they're up my butt today um all right let's see if i can get my mouse back on the screen now um well Delving into climate change here, um, the biggest threat we now face is not climate denial, but climate delay. Uh, Keir Starmer has declared that the biggest threat we now face is not climate denial, but climate delay. That uh, climate delay. Oh my God, I can't talk. Um, uh, after the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change issued its most severe warning yet. Uh, The report published today the culmination of 14,000 separate studies and the panel's first major review of climate change since 2013 stated that it is unequivocal that human influence has warmed the atmosphere, oceans, and land. The authors of the document reported that human activity is changing the climate of the planet in unprecedented ways over the last 2,000 years and warned that some of those changes are now irreversible. They concluded that temperatures are likely to rise by more than one and a half degrees above pre-industrial levels, breaching the commitment of the Paris Climate Agreement signed in 2015 within the next two decades. Which, Um, I mean, a lot of us on the left were pointing out at the time, I wasn't even really on the left at the time, and I was pointing out that... uh, you know, that one and a half degree threshold with the measures listed in the Paris Accord is not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, this year, these reports are saying um, they're, you know, they've set out five scenarios for the future of climate change with varying degrees of severity projected. But all of the scenarios predict that the one and a half degree increase will be reached by 2040 and sooner if emissions are not reduced. Uh, The IPCC report is the starkest reminder yet that the climate crisis is here right now and the biggest long term threat that we face. Uh, That's a quote from Starmer. 
It confirms that the extreme weather events of recent months are only going to become more frequent and that we need urgent action to both drive down emissions in this decisive decade and to adapt to changes to our climate that are already baked in. Uh, the report found that the last four decades have been successfully warmer than any decade since 1850. Surface temperatures in the first two decades of the 21st century were around 1.1 degrees higher than 1850 to 1900. And that global surface temperature has increased faster since 1970 than in any other 50-year period. The most optimistic IPCC projection, which assumes very low emissions and the achievement of net zero around 2050, found that the world will hit one and a half degrees increase in 20 years but that it could level off at 1.4 degrees towards the end of the century um the ipcc review also reported that crossing the two degrees global warming level in the midterm period of 2041 to 2060 is very very likely to occur under the very high GHG emissions scenario, likely to occur under the high GHG emissions scenario, and more likely than not to occur in the intermediate GHG emissions scenario. Um, Starmer also said the biggest threat we now face is not climate denial, but climate delay. Those who like our prime minister, if you didn't know, he's the leader of the Labour Party in the UK. Um, he said those who like our prime minister acknowledge that there is a problem, but simply don't have the scale of ambition required to match the moment. Our communities and planet can no longer afford the inaction of this government who are failing to treat the crisis with the seriousness it deserves. I feel the same way about ours, buddy. <laughs> um, a labor government, um, which is their left party, obviously, uh, would deliver the action we need to drive down emissions with progressive solutions for our citizens and leadership on the international stage to ensure a global effort to tackle the climate and nature crisis and limit global heating to one and a half degrees. Sounds a lot like what we've heard from Green Party people of, you know, like, hey, wake up, wake the fuck up. The longer we delay this, the worse it's going to fucking get. Um. They've pledged yes, at least the Yeah. At least. At least. I mean, hell, um, remember that night that Karen came on and she was saying, look, kids, we were calling for this since the sixties, you know? Um, so it's ridiculous that this is even still an issue being fought over about whether or not we should do something about it. Like fucking really? Fucking really. 60 years or more of fighting about it. Um, but at least in the UK, along with many others, you know, they've, they've pledged to reach net zero by 2050, which means reducing their emissions as much as possible and offsetting the rest. But they've been criticized for failing to match ambition with action. Um, the government launched a Green Jobs Task Force comprised of industry figures, experts, and trade unions in November last year after Boris Johnson unveiled his 10-point low-carbon plan um, 
and they published a report last month, recommendations including creating a new national organization to help shape the transition to a green economy, which I think that needs to expand to be an international organization because it's going to take everybody collaborating on this to actually make a big fucking difference. Um but at least they're taking some action there. They're, they're establishing a green careers launchpad and publishing a comprehensive net zero strategy ahead of the COP26 summit. And I have to interrupt myself for a moment here because I'm not sure what happened, but the volume on that background music shot up like super high for no damn reason. And now my computer is yelling at me and I feel like I'm yelling at you to even hear my own voice. Um, so sorry if that's totally fucking blaring the shit out of your speakers at home right now, people. <laughs> I don't know why that. I barely even hear the music. We can barely hear you too, though. Um, you've got a, a low audio connection. Um, now that it switched tracks, it's a little quieter, it seems. Well, I mean, I've been driving through the desert, so there's, there's spotty signal that happens. Right, right. Just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of the fact that your volume is not yelling at you right now. <laughs> um, let's see, the, the Guardian went, uh, on a visit to Scotland last week, um, Starmer accused Johnson to uh, of being missing in action on the climate emergency, arguing that a credible government now would be demonstrating serious ambition. Um, and they're at least, you know, trying to commit their party to achieving that substantial majority of greenhouse gas emission cuts by 2030. Um, you know, this, this is something that... Uh, we need to emulate we need to look at as a, a good example of start doing something god damn it our government here is so fucking behind on doing anything about this so i i understand why people in other countries are getting pissed and lighting a fire under their government's asses too we really need to fucking do something about this now the more time that we waste dicking around talking about shit the worse it's gonna fucking get it's ridiculous. There's there's no excuse at this point for not actually committing to the Green New Deal and putting it in action to actually start doing something about climate change. If we keep talking about it till we're blue in the fucking face, we're never going to get a goddamn thing done. Is dumbfounding that the Green New Deal has been on the table for this fucking long and still hasn't been put in place, still hasn't fucking been adopted. We've got a watered down ass version of it, of the Biden plan um, that sucks ass and doesn't go far enough and doesn't do it quick enough. I mean, Which, Biden's plan isn't terrible, but it only focuses on infrastructure. There's so much more that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. I, I am actually quite surprised at how much money Biden's plan threw at infrastructure. Um, and the fact that that's not even being met by Congress is kind of blowing my mind, but that's another conversation altogether. 
but no, I mean, he actually embraced a pretty ambitious for Biden standards uh, climate infrastructure right. plan. And I do commend him for that. It's about one of the only good things that I have to say about his presidency so far. Right. But much like everywhere else, it's not going far enough because Agreed. our biggest contributors to to the greenhouse gas emissions are our fucking military <laughs> and a few corporations. And I don't see him, you know, getting on the military's ass going, hey, excuse me, this needs to be. I don't see him getting on Jeff Bezos's ass. For his fleets of trucks in every city. I don't see him getting out no. Bezos' ass for his fucking rocket. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, he can at least get on their asses and be like, look, you fucking chuds love to suck each other off. How about you go talk to Elon about getting some fucking electric motors put in all your goddamn trucks in every fucking city? How about you fucking improve your technology with something greener go go suck elon's dick and get it done and then he can suck yours in return for you know being a good customer and spending lots of money with him and yay fucking use your capitalism but get it done get it the fuck done like yes we still need to destroy capitalism but god damn it um these motherfuckers are ignoring the fact that, okay, if we don't still have a planet to live on, it's not going to matter if we get a better financial system put in place. Yeah. Just saying. Anywho. Uh... Let's see, I'm scroll through here and see if these reviews have any more data here. Um, that IPCC review said that the past five years, five, have been the hottest on record since 1850. And the recent rate of sea level rise has nearly tripled compared with 1901 to 1971. Triple. And let's also point out that these record high temperatures, some of them are low temps. I, I mean, you know, like here in Arizona, for example, I mean, usually it gets really fucking hot during the daytime and then it goes down into the, you know, low 80s at night. Lately, uh -huh. what has been happening is the lows will be, you know, like 91. Nothing can cool off when it never right. cools off. Right. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, I I don't know how y'all handle it. <laughs> I mean, I'm coming to visit, but I, I will not summer there at all. I'm, I'm waiting for that fall weather oh, to start to kick it, in. It's August, and that means that it's almost September. And if it's almost Later. September, that means that it's almost fall. And that means that summer's almost over. I know. That's why I'm looking forward to heading that way shortly. <laughs> as soon as these temps chill the fuck out a little bit, you know, like I like it hot. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy hot temperatures. I would prefer to live in at least a subtropical, if not tropical climate. But goddamn, Arizona. 
So your summers are years. Right. If we don't do some shit now to actually fix the situation, imagine how fucking hot it's going to be there then. Like, honestly, your entire area of the country needs to work on building more green spaces, on replanting some of the native trees that, you know, everybody chopped down to plant fucking palms instead. Um, Trying to make it fucking look like goddamn Florida. Uh, no, you need to have native trees planted there. And if there isn't enough of those to be able to fucking properly disperse quick enough, then we need to grab other species that grow in similar climates in other parts of the world, like the deserts in Africa, where they still do have some healthy amount of the trees that provide shade um, and actually cool shit down some because the increase in temps there since that city was built is fucking insane oh yeah i mean from what according to what i've read back when phoenix was settled the summers would get up to like 90 degrees you know like i mean low 90s maybe mid 90s that would be perfect and comfortable but now because of the island heating effect because we built everything out of fucking concrete and blacktop and cut down all the joshua trees and stuff like that (laughs) well i mean there's still a lot of joshua trees in joshua tree national park yeah but they used to be so much more widespread and they were they were part of what was keeping it moderately comfortable yeah no but that's the thing is like we took down well and uh I mean, Palo Verde, a lot of the year doesn't provide a lot of uh, shade, but like, that's the one native tree that they, you know, still plant everywhere. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense to a lot of us. We're going, what the fuck? You know, especially Meanwhile, you know, China had a, a massive problem with their deserts growing, right? And yep. which, I mean, I think is what we're seeing here in the United States. All these fires in the Pacific Northwest. That's desertification, I think. Um, yeah. It's much more anyway. massive than the typical natural fire cycles that happen there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so much faster. But, I mean, like, we're seeing the desert go to higher elevations. We're seeing... Uh, and we're seeing this all over the western United States. And even, you know western canada um but china had an issue with their deserts growing rapidly and you know eating their green spaces away so on and so forth so they started a a de-desertification program and i mean i i don't see how we're gonna get through what is happening here without doing something similar Right. But the problem is, is they were able to reroute rivers, right? To, to fucking bring green places to, you know, places that were becoming desert. But here we don't even have the Oasis. water to do that. Because here in Arizona, the municipal customers, even in this drastic water shortage, municipal customers aren't being limited. So you still have, you know, like golf clubs that are fucking watering their lawn. 
you know, you still have all these bougie neighborhoods that are all watering their lawns. And I mean, nobody is thinking about water conservation. But yet, the only the only cuts that are happening next year, by the way, not this year, next year uh, from the Colorado water, uh, River water is farmland. Why would that be the first thing you cut? Right. Why not tell people you're in the fucking desert. You're not supposed to have a lawn. We need the water for food. We don't need grass growing in front of houses, especially in the fucking desert. Why are you trying so hard to get grass to grow in sand and rock? You dumb well, cunt. I mean, all these artificial ponds, you know, they lose so much to evaporation. It's not even funny. And then if there's a fountain in that, double that rate of evaporation. And add to it the fact that everybody's like, yeah, palms are so pretty. Let's plant them here. And they don't realize palms grow in areas like Florida because there's a lot of fucking moisture. So planting fuck tons of palms everywhere in Arizona has sucked so much moisture out of the soil that that's why you're having trouble getting even the native plants to grow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. And don't even get me started about the saguaros. We've been studying them since the fucking 1800s, right? And uh, over the last two years, for the first time in history, um, there are thousands of saguaros that bloomed this, this past spring and a little bit the spring before, where the blooms are not at the tips of the arms as they always have been. The blooms are coming out of the sides, I mean, just wherever. That's that's insane. Yeah, and not it's to mention struggling that, so hard to survive. Right, and, and uh, that's the thing. Saguaro should not be struggling here. Mm-mm. I mean, they take the range there. from the monsoons, and they live off of that all year. But we've had right. like two or three years in a row, really, prior to this year, without a monsoon. It's nuts, dude. And, it, and people still try to fucking deny climate change. It's like, please shut the fuck if up. The, right. You I know? mean, if, if the Arizona wildlife and, and natural flora cannot survive due to the increases in temperature, how the fuck is anything else supposed to survive? <clears throat> Very true. Your grass sure as fuck isn't going to, so stop wasting water on it. That's grass not entirely true. We actually got a monsoon this year, and we had natural grasses growing through the rocks that landscape our yard. Like, a lot of it. Nice. Well, it's yeah. one thing for it to pop up on its own. It's another thing to be like, I'm going to plant a bunch of, you know, grass seed on my sand and rock and try to make it a lawn. There's a world of difference. Like, yes, there are certain grasses that do naturally grow in desert areas, but they're ones that are acclimated to it. Not go pick up some fucking seed from the Home Depot and, you know, try to plant some shit that is made, you know, for a northern climate. Yeah. Well, and then just to make it even more inefficient, like the golf course I work at, um... For, for just for an example, they have a summer grass 
and a winter grass. They have that fucking place resodded twice a year. Jeez. It's insane. And then I, I don't even want to know how much water they dump on that fucking thing. And then multiply it by the dozens of golf courses in and around the valley. That's so fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. What? So, so some bougie ass motherfuckers can play the most boring game on the planet? Yeah. Like, fuck off and go somewhere where it's actually naturally green to play your golf game. This is how much golf means. Fucking nothing. Um, that water's needed for life to continue. How is it that, you know, we got people going without water to drink and plants that are, you know, farms, you know, the food that we're growing, getting their fucking water resources cut, but not the goddamn golf course? Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, as much as I hate the meat industry and the dairy industry, like how it's run and how they treat those animals, I'm even more concerned about that now. I mean, if it if they're cutting agricultural water, right, and uh, there is, it, it takes about three gallons of water to make a gallon of milk, supposedly. You know, like, I, I mean, how many cows are going to die because of all of this bullshit? Right. Their priorities are fucked. They should be cutting water sources completely for watering lawns at fucking golf courses before they ever even think about touching agricultural water draw. Like, well, no, that's the thing. I want to. I want to point out that it's not just, you know, say the uh, the Republican Arizona government. It's also the Democratic governments of New Mexico and California. I, I mean, you right. know, and the Democratic government of Colorado and the Republican government of Utah. Um, you know, like the there is a significant number of states that take water from the Colorado River. And so far, right. all of the burden has been put on California. And then now that it finally is coming into Arizona, it's for agriculture. What the fuck? Right. That's that's <laughs> just inherently fucked right there. Um, I, I cannot express just how disgusted I am at this. And the fact of the matter is it just goes to show that the Democratic Party is no different than the Republican Party. Both of them are more interested in keeping their bougie bullshit than in actually impacting life itself in a positive fucking manner. Right. Like, we, we got to keep water for our bourgeois unnecessary shit, but fuck it if our farms die. Excuse me? Excuse me, how many people depend on those farms for access to food? We're going to be causing food droughts here because... Well, I mean, there's already food deserts all over the place. And then, you know, we're not even yeah. going to be able to, like, stock our own stores. Right. 
let alone, let alone export, anything anywhere which else. is a, a big part of Arizona's economy. Right. It's fucking insane. Because, you know, shit that grows in the summer in the Midwest grows really well in the winter out here. Yep. Mm. But if those farms aren't getting enough water, it's not going to. Right. But I mean, like, the fact that we dairy farm or meat farm here really blows my mind because, like, they have outdoor pens with misters, right? And they have to feed the, the cows enough or, or pigs or goats or whatever enough water to survive the heat out here. Yeah. Like, it was one thing, you know, in the days of the cowboys when they were taking them fucking either way up north in Arizona or up to Utah in the summertime and leaving or bringing them back down here in the wintertime, but that's not how it works anymore. That's not how it's worked in a good fucking 60, 70 years, but right. I mean, like, I can only imagine how miserable those animals really are. Right, they're not meant to be in that kind of fucking heat in the summer in the desert, like Right, and I mean, the misters help, but they don't help that much. And then you're also talking about what? Probably fucking gallons of water a minute if you're talking about a significant-sized dairy farm. Yeah. Yeah. And... Sorry, the music caught me off guard again. It started yelling at me in a foreign language. (laughs) <laughs> like whoa what <laughs> oh my goodness um it's just insane it's fucking insane that this is how we're handling this okay uh, like our influence on climate change has been a main driver of the global retreat of glaciers since the 1990s the decrease in Arctic sea ice between 79 to 88 and 2010 to 2019. Um, a main factor in sea level increases since 1971, at least. <laughs> um, it's unprecedented in at least the last 2,000 years. Um, so the fact that this started a long time before we even hit the industrial age shows you human influence does change things it's been the last couple thousand years that the population has really fucking boomed to a point that you know we are actually straining our resources because we're not managing them properly the fact of the matter is we wouldn't have a lack of resources if we were managing them properly and if we weren't continuously causing such a fucking negative impact on the environment. I mean, for fuck's sake, the atmospheric CO2 concentrations are higher now than at any time in the last two million years. Million. Like, fuck. The concentrations of CH4 and nitrous oxide are higher than any time in at least... 800,000 years the the rises in those of 47% for the carbon dioxide and 156% for the CH4 
um, those concentrations have far exceeded natural multi-millennial changes. There is an unequivocal link between human activity and the climate crisis. This is fucking insane that we haven't taken action yet. We're fucking ourselves. So hard in the ass. There's no little future generations. Right. Like humanity is not going to fucking survive if we continue down this fucking path. And I've been yelling at people about this since I was a fucking kid and started learning about this shit. And we still have made little progress as far as changing how things are being run in order to actually improve anything. It pisses me off. Plain and simple. If that's not obvious from my raging rants in the last 20 minutes. But what the fuck, people? <sighs> Humans are frustrating. Yeah. The shit that people will do because we'll all make lots of money doing this. Make me want to slap the fucking stupid out of them. Because it's like, I don't give a flying fuck how much money you make off of it. I give a fuck about the environmental impact that's going to make it where life itself has trouble surviving. And it's looking like the only way the rest of life is going to survive is if the humans don't. So... Maybe we should change that. Yeah, we definitely should. I mean, in the, Native, in, in the Native Americans knew thousands of years ago that they had to live in harmony with the world around with them. the planet. Why is that such a difficult fucking concept for us to grasp now? Well, we're far separated from any type of connection with nature, any type of real fucking connection at all, which is kind of funny. We, we have the internet that's supposed to connect us, but really has just resulted in high school lunchroom spread across the planet. Um, we're really not in connection with anything significant, anything real. People are so fucking, they're kept so fucking busy struggling just to survive because capitalism that they don't have time to even contemplate connection with nature, let alone connect with nature, um, to actually fucking understand how relative it is of, you know, those uh, interlinking facets where what we do affects nature. If we're not acting proactively to protect nature and instead we're harming it, but we're putting on blinders to that because Work, school, sleep, work, school, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. We got to take the fucking blinders off. Yeah. People have gone far too long having no understanding of our connection with nature because they're too busy chasing dollars to fucking justify their goddamn existence. And it's like, okay, nah, people forgot about the concept of living or working to live not living to work you know right people have been living to work for so fucking long because we're put in a position of not having any other fucking choice because we got to pay this other motherfucker 
for our existence. Um, and there's always another other motherfucker that is holding out their hand going, justify your existence to me by paying me for it. Meanwhile, all of those things that we're doing in those industries just to make a buck to fucking justify our existence are in turn harming the fucking environment even more. It seems that for the most part, the only people who really understand our connection with nature anymore are indigenous peoples and some farmers. And I will point out some because there's still others that are down with the GMO and shit like that that's ravaging our fucking environment too but you know hmm. fuck so what's We're the so next fun. section um give me a second uh let's see I'm gonna need a moment to try okay. to pull this up so maybe while I do that, could you tell everybody a little bit about the bread? Let the them know bread. what they have to look forward to there with the, the post that you put out for Zach. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I talked about it a little bit uh, already, but on our website, um, there is the complete um, bread theory reading and discussion of Peter Kropotkin's Conquest of Bread. And uh, I mean, honestly, I think Kropotkin is probably just one of those guys that fucking anarchists and communists can both get behind. I mean, you know, there might be some disagreements throughout the course of the book, but for the most part, I think we're on the same page. No pun intended. <laughs> but I like pun. <laughs> um, yeah anyway that's available at forwearemany.org I also want to take a minute to point out that uh, again I know we've already pointed this out too but uh, we are going to be making our historical and book club pieces available to our patrons before they're on our social media pages so uh, for example this this Wednesday's upcoming Emma Goldman piece, uh, part two, is uh, going to be available to our patrons, or already is available to our patrons. It'll be available to everyone else on our social media and podcast platforms on Wednesday. Um, the next one that'll be up probably is either going to be the Black Panther Party piece or the piece I already recorded for the May Day Riots of 1919, that will be available. Both of those will be ideally available before the release dates to our patrons. And we're planning on continuing that trend. We were, we were racking our brains forever. Like, what can we give our patrons? Because we don't really want to like hold back this information. So we decided to do early release. We figure that was the best way to resolve that that issue right there of have everything available to everyone, but just give previews to, you know, the patrons. Yeah. Um, Plus, you know, it gives us more time for promo and marketing on social media platforms. 
So yeah. hopefully, you know, we can get in front of new viewers uh, if we're taking the time to do the promotion properly instead of trying to juggle everything all in one day like we currently do. Right, which, you know, that, that was kind of hectic, but we are getting there. <laughs> but it, the numbers have already shown us when we take the time like a week ahead of time to start promoting stuff that the viewership is going up, things like that. People are more aware of what's going on. Obviously, that helps for them to be able to tune in. So, um, you know, that's a big part of that goal there too, to be able to work on organic levels of promotion because, you know, we've tried various routes. Um, we've done the paid ads and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that brought some more people to the page and whatnot, but you know, it was just as frequently trolls as it was anybody who wanted to show support. So that's one thing that we're asking for right now, too, is if you see our promotion stuff out there for future episodes, please share it. Because the organic sharing from the people who follow our pages, you're sharing that to your friends who are likely of like mind, you know, um, and more likely to actually want to follow it for the right reasons and not just be trolls the organic connections being formed there are so much stronger than paying fuckerberg for some ad space yeah you know? no virus in the fucking chudland right uh fucking hate fuckerberg but anyway so uh, there's there's just that little tidbit of self-promotion there thank you for that rob um Next piece is uh, for the COVID section. We'll get to talk about one of your favorite fucking assholes, Mr. Ducey. Um, this is about his bands. Uh, you know, their students at risk as this battle erupts over the masks in U.S. schools. Um, a group of doctors told Ducey, your prohibition on mask requirements means no Arizona school can provide a safe learning environment, which really hits the fucking nail on the head right there. Like you dumb cunt, you are making it unsafe for children to just be able to attend school. Um, as in-person instruction begins or will soon begin, in school districts across the country amid surging COVID-19 cases fueled by the extremely transmissible Delta variant, which by the way, has 10,000 times the fucking viral load of the pre previous strains that we've seen. These battles have erupted over the mask mandates or the lack thereof. Um, Advocates of face coverings in schools say that they're a crucial tool to protect kids, especially primary school students, as vaccines have not yet been authorized for those under 12. Um, vaccine rates for those older than 12 still remains low with the CDC data as of um, a week ago, showing those aged 12 to 15 with a 39.5% rate. The rate climbs up to about 50% for 16 and 17 year olds though. Um, so at least theirs is kind of on point with where the adult population is. I, I think we passed 50% a couple weeks ago, if I remember right. Um, yeah. 
calling in person instruction for this fall a priority, the CDC's updated guidance calls for universal masking, regardless of vaccination status, as part of a layered prevention strategy for safe reopenings. Going in the opposite direction from such an approach are a handful of states, including Arizona, where dickhead Doug Ducey signed legislation in June banning mask mandates in the state's schools. Like, literally the opposite of what should have been doing, being done, you know. I also um, want to point out that it wasn't just Ducey. It was passed by our state legislature and that's even more horrifying right like it's not just one complete fucking imbecile it's many of them yeah and they're all in power in the state of arizona it's like you know they're they're speaking on behalf of the motherfuckers who just yell freedom and they don't realize it's free dumb for them, F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B, because they're dumbasses. Like, dude, this has fuck all like to the, do with like your personal freedom. Huh? Go ahead. Uh, I was just, I was just going to say, like, the Trump supporter at that fucking poor people's campaign march in Phoenix. Freedom! Freedom! Like, fucking seriously. Right. And it's like, motherfucker, you don't even understand freedom because right now you're protesting other people's valid protests. But do you not like them having the freedom to to protest something real that, you know, does that bother you so fucking much that you need to come scream freedom at them because you think you have the freedom to limit their freedom? You fucking cunt. That's not how freedom works. That's not freedom at all. You're a dumbass. But I digress. When it comes to these freedom dumb motherfuckers, when it comes to COVID, you know, um, it's just a special form of fucking stupid. No, you don't have the fucking freedom to tell other people that they're not allowed (laughs) to require masks in a fucking school. You don't get to go, hey, all of you super spreaders, let's cram you all in one building for eight hours a fucking day. And look at you like, oh, you're a sheep if you wear your mask. No, they just don't want to die, Becky. If you don't want to die, if you don't want to catch this shit, if you don't want to continue transmitting it so much, wash your fucking hands and wear your fucking mask. Basic hygiene is really fucking simple. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see these motherfuckers' responses to other types of, you know, potentially deadly outbreaks. Like, are you going to fight for the freedom of people to not wash their asses? Because that's still necessary, too. This is called basic hygiene protocol. That's why when you go to the fucking hospital for a surgery and a surgeon is cutting your ass open, why they've always worn masks for fucking ever, ever since medical masks were invented, it's to protect you from getting infected in case they cough or sneeze. Because when you cough or sneeze, those spit particles are carrying viruses, bacteria, etc. whatever the fuck you have recently come across. If you are inoculated, you're spreading. So the whole point is stop you from blowing your fucking cooties 
all over every goddamn buddy around you. How dare you tell children that they, you know, can't wear a mask to protect themselves and others. We've seen so many fucking huge outbreaks because of this recently that are starting in schools. The schools have only been back in school for like a week or two, depending on where they're fucking at. And they're already having massive fucking outbreaks. This is one of those things where it's like, I would like to kick Doug Ducey at all, you know, all, all of his fucking cohorts in this epic fucking stupidity. I'd like to kick them all right in the fucking genitals. They're going in the opposite direction of the approach that needs to be taken. Um, this, this order that he and the legislature there wrote up banning the mask mandates has drawn downright outrage from doctors. Um, a few of them wrote to him, uh, your prohibition on mask requirements means no Arizona school can provide a safe learning environment, as I said a few minutes back. This is coming from over 150 doctors. They said each and every one of our students and their educators deserve better. And they do. Look at how many people, you know, all the teachers, how many families are having COVID spread through them because their kid picked it up at fucking school. It's not even just affecting the kids. It's affecting every fucking buddy that they come across. Um, amongst those outraged at Ducey is Dr. Christina Bergen. She's an internal medicine specialist at University Medical Center in Phoenix. And she had made extensive efforts over the last year and a half to keep her kids from a COVID-19 exposure only to have such an exposure three days into class starting this month. Three days they were back in school and they fucking caught it. In a widely shared uh, Twitter on Saturday, she unleashed on his ass um, and the state Republicans. She said, we have sacrificed so much for you over these past 18 months and it only took three days for you to destroy one of the last things I was hanging on to, the ability to keep my kids safe. You force schools to reopen without the ability to implement the same measures that kept kids and staff safe last year. And you doubled down on that despite Delta being two to three times as contagious in cases starting to surge again. And as a direct result, my kiddo, who I've managed to keep from coming into contact with a known COVID positive person for 18 long months, was exposed within only three days of starting school. If others aren't masking up also, my not yet old enough to be vexed kids can be, will be, and already have been exposed. And that's on you, Doug Ducey and Arizona GOP. Um, ABC reported on Friday, given the changing circumstances, several districts in Arizona are now opting to require masks, as recommended by the updated CDC and uh, their their hot their their guidelines for um quote localities to encourage universal indoor masking for all teachers staff students and visitors to the schools regardless of vaccination status dr chad guestin uh superintendent of the phoenix union high school district has vowed that he will do whatever he feels is best for the health and 
safety of his students and staff, including defying the governor's orders and thus requiring face coverings in classrooms. He said this decision and all the decisions that we made, but this particular one is not about defiance, it's about science. Um, Texas Republican Greg Abbott, even as uh, cases soar in his state, he's, he's the governor there, also signed a mask mandate ban earlier this year. Uh, Abbott's May exclusive, or, or May executive order, I need more coffee, um, is now facing a lawsuit. And as in Arizona, it's facing pushback in local school districts. On Monday, Dallas schools announced that they would institute a mandate for masks in the district despite Abbott's despite Abbott's order. Um, according to the Dallas Morning News on Monday, Superintendent Michael Hinojosa announced the change during a Monday morning press conference, saying that it was within his discretion to ensure the health and safety of his employees and the district students. Uh, Dallas's school board president, Ben Mackey, said the superintendent had the board's backing and support. The superintendent is the educational leader and chief executive officer of our school district tasked with the day-to-day -day operations of the district, which includes implementing safety protocols, requiring masks for staff and students while on district property is a reasonable and necessary safety protocol to protect against the spread of COVID-19 and the new Delta variant. Uh, that's what Ben Mackey had to say on it. Um, Colin Allred said, our kids need to be in school and to be safe. This decision by Dallas schools is the only way to do that while facing a surge in COVID cases of a more infectious variant. The best way to make this temporary is to get vaccinated and help stop the spread. Um, as Common Dreams reported last week, Florida's Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, threatened to withhold funding from schools should they defy his order blocking mask mandates, but several districts are planning on defying it anyways, as they should. Fuck you, DeSantis. Fuck you just as hard as Ducey, your cunt. Um, and on Friday, NPR reported Florida's Board of Education further Sorry, got a pop-up. There we go. Further complicates matters for public schools by announcing that they would provide private school vouchers for parents who see mask wearing requirements as harassment of their children. That is exacerbating right there of like, oh, well, you know, we'll just pay for you to send all of your, you know, COVID cases to private school. Because that's what you are if you're not bothering to wash your hands and wear your mask. You're a walking COVID case, either happening or waiting to happen. Get the fuck out of here. Um, as Vox summarized on Monday, uh, schools can stay open even in areas of high community spread, experts say, if everyone wears masks. But mask policies in schools remain a mixed bag. Citing information from the Center on Reinventing Public Education, uh, Director Robin Lake, the outlet reports out of the 100 school districts tracked by CRPE, about a third plan to require masks, a third will make them optional, and a third have yet to announce a policy. Many of the same areas, 
with um, low rates of vaccination also lack mask mandates in school. And eight states outright ban such mandates. In Arkansas, for example, just 37% of people are fully vaccinated and the cases are surging. But a state law passed earlier this year bans districts from requiring masks. That leaves parents worried for their kids' safety. I feel like they just have taken away the only tool that they have for the younger kids who can't get vaccinated, said a mom from Arkansas named Jennifer Carter. She was talking with NBC News. Um, that ban has been challenged in court, and last Friday, a judge temporarily blocked it. For families who don't feel confident in their school's mitigation measures, it's not clear if remote options will be available or not. Many districts, like New York City, sorry, excuse me, have said that they will not allow students to choose a full-time remote learning in the fall, even though a large number of families, especially in communities of color, have said that they prefer remote learning for now. That's really fucked that they're just not even going to allow students the choice to stay at home and stay safe during this pandemic. Um, as U.S. News and World Report put it, anti-mask moves like those taken by Texas and Arizona, quote, are just the newest chapter in a year-long contentious debate about how to reopen schools safely for in-person learning, one of the most politically charged to spin out of the pandemic. This is ridiculous. This, this is people being so fucking hardcore anti-science and sadly just enormous examples of the failure of our fucking education system themselves that they're pushing for stupidity upon others. And it pisses me off. How about you, Rob? You're over there driving quietly. The shit making your blood boil yet? What? <laughs> I... I said you're over there super quiet while you're driving. Um, is this shit making your blood boil yet over the fucking anti-mask mandates, the bans on the mask? Dude, I've been pissed about it since, like, it was proposed in the state house. Yeah. It's... Dude, I don't get it. How... So many important decisions are being left in the hands of completely fucking uneducated, ignorant people who, from my perspective, it looks like they just want a lot more people to die so they can feel freedom, ass. Yeah. They're fucking stupid. They're actively choosing stupidity. It's not ignorance at this point. They're choosing stupidity. You can't claim ignorance to something that you've been informed about repeatedly for the last year and a half. You're choosing blinders again, people. What in the fuck? You know? So, right. anyway, that one's had my fucking blood boiling. Um, I wonder, sorry, if there's any comments so far, I have not seen them yet because I do not have my phone pulled open to that, 
But while I get this next article loading up, I'm going to go and check and see what's up in the feed here. <clears throat> Let's see. Because I would not be surprised if there's some decent conversation at least happening in here. Shit. I just saw Facebook is still asking me to start a live video. That doesn't make any sense because uh, we're live. I shared it to groups before I got on the road, like on the road road. I wonder why it's coming up that way on my phone then. Um, it's still telling me to go live to start the event. Don't worry, guys. You're live and people are commenting. It's all good. Okay. Um, Emily, since you're with us and you can see the comments, um, is there anything in there pertinent to the, the COVID stuff we were just discussing? Did anybody have any feedback on that one? Um. I mean, I said that I hope that they can't or put online college classes, um, but I live in Arizona, right. so we don't know. That would be great. <laughs> and then also that my PI and ASU required masks throughout our center, but, you know, we can't throughout the university say we can need them. We only strongly recommend them. Oh, wow. Um, Natalie said, I wish people would realize the risk of not wearing masks and sticking with protocols is the more, including the vaccinated that get the virus are opening up the possibility of more variants and that one of these may be the one that will be no longer exist a vaccine to protect anyone from. And then please people get vaccinated and all regardless should be masking when indoors and following what has been stated in helping protect the populations. Right. Agreed. hundred percent. That's why, like, even, even though they lifted the mask mandates here, I still wear my mask every time I go in a grocery store, gas station, it don't matter, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and hit my hands with the hand sanitizer as soon as I walk out, because mm -hmm. it's irresponsible to not do so. Yeah. Um, and then Natalie said, sorry, she's repeating anything you already said. And then her volume's going up and down. Um, and then she said, I think the government usually on the Republican side are choosing politics over safety just to get votes. Yep. They certainly are. They certainly are. Agreed. They're like, okay, we'll fucking impose some stupidity via legislation because the people who vote for us are actively choosing stupidity. It pisses me off. Yeah. And Kelvin just said he also wears his mask everywhere, but inside his home. Right. No need to wear it at home. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that's... Unless you have people over. Right, that's different. If you got unvaccinated guests coming over, that would be smart. But so would going through with a can of Lysol and... You know, like hitting all the surfaces that people might touch in the bathroom or door handles, etc. But, you know. Like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yes. Yes. We all need to be going full Sheldon. Hardcore. 
That man knew what the fuck was going on. And how to kill it. <laughs> um, okay, thank you, Emily, for updating us on the comments. I appreciate that also, very much. Hi, Natalie. What's that? Oh, I said also, hi, Natalie. <laughs> right. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> hi, Calvin. Glad you guys are with us tonight. Where's uh, James? I don't know. I'm actually surprised that there aren't any comments from him. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that you can think of as far as U.S. news that you wanted to touch on? Because if not, I'll move into international. I mean, honestly, I've kind of been out of the loop this last week, getting used to a new job, you know. Gotcha. Um, so not off the top of my head. This just in, marijuana's great. Anyway. Anyway. We're, we're going to move into some international stuff here. Um, there's some conflict going on. I guess on. while we're still talking about COVID, though, uh, well, actually, actually, there's a few things that we should talk about pertaining to COVID. Like, what are the numbers looking like? Because I know earlier this past week, um, the seven-day average hit 100,000 again. Give me just a moment, and I'll pull them up. And also, I'd, I'm curious to see if our vaccination numbers are going up at all. <coughs> um, let's see. Yep, the, the cases are going up. As of yesterday, there was 36,000 new cases in the U.S., um, with a seven-day average of 110,360. Um, shit. I mean, this is insane. Uh, on August 3rd, it was showing 130. Okay, and now my cursor moved on. I'm sorry, 150,180 on August 3rd. Um, 168,000 on the 6th. Uh, so... Even the 36,000 reported yesterday was a, a little bit of a drop. Um, but uh, I don't know why it won't scroll to the 7th unless they just don't have anything on there for it. It's bouncing between the 6th and the 8th. But, uh, yeah, you can steadily, uh, you know, you can see that, that spike steadily climbing back up again. It's about halfway up to where we had peaked at in December with the last wave. So... It's climbing and fast, like this severe upturn really only started a little over a month ago. So like the first week of July, it was starting to shoot up. Um, this is fucking ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, let's see what they've got by the state. Uh, let's see, we're looking at you, Arizona. Um, new cases, 2,639 yesterday. 
with a seven-day average of 2,359 per day. Um, let's see. How about you, Florida? You've been a fucking hot spot. Jesus Christ. Uh, seven-day average of 19,250. Um, and my cursor won't hold still here. Like on August 5th, they had 20,000 new cases. Um, on the third, 50,997. Um, <laughs> geez. So yeah, they're, they're steadily climbing right back up there too. They are actually at a higher point now in Florida than they were last December at the highest point of the second wave. It's fucking insane. How about where I'm at? What the fuck shit meant? Let's see where we're at. Cause our cases were exploding. Like a week ago, it was sitting at an increase of about 75% higher than the previous fucking week. Um, Ours aren't looking too bad, though, as far as comparison to other states. Yesterday, there was only 52 new cases here. Um, on August 6th, there was 4,262 new cases, though. Uh, on the 5th, 167. Um, the 3rd, 2,775. Um, so it's kind of bouncing back and forth of double digits to quadruple digits, but even in comparison to those other couple of states, it ain't bad. And that's probably because of, you know, the fact that we've had stricter mandates here than elsewhere. Just going to say masks and washing your fucking hands works efficiently <laughs> you can tell the difference when other other states are having like twenty thousand new cases a day and our biggest one in the past week was two but people want to complain about governor whitmer and oh man she's she's making us all wash our fucking hands and cover our snot yeah yeah because it works Fucking works. God damn it. Um, so I want to show you this uh, thing that I just pulled up. Okay. Um, damn it. Hold on. There we go. So this is worldwide. Um, right in the first wave was, yeah. you know, pretty big. The second wave was even bigger. And the third wave is just starting to ramp up. Okay, so how long is it gonna take us to put these measures in place? And are we gonna keep them in place long enough to make a difference? Right. So but look, look at the seven day average for worldwide. And then remember that more than one fifth of that is us. Yeah. Mm. God, we're so especially disappointing here in the States. Um, 
it's one of those things. It's like every time we start to see the positive effects of the masking mandates and people washing their fucking hands and the numbers start to decline, everybody's like, oh, my God, we're good now. Life can resume as normal. And it's like, no, no, the case numbers going down doesn't mean it's fucking done. It's not fucking done. <laughs> right. Let me see it spike right the fuck back up. You know, it's one of those things where when we were having this conversation with Dean a few months ago, it was like, okay, I really hope that what you're predicting doesn't come true, but I won't be surprised if it does because humans. And here we are with everything literally fucking fulfilling every fucking prediction that he made. I want to show just how contagious the Delta variant is, too, in one image here. Okay. What? Oh, kitty. What? Sorry, my cat. You know, seven-day average, the highest, you know, 50-something was the highest. Right. Mostly in the single digits all through 2020. Minus, you know, you know later in the year back up to like 50 something okay and then delta it first gets there and it's instant instantly noticeable now the beginning of june is really right. when it started you know jumping and uh it looks like they've they're they're starting to level off so i'm hoping Oof, that's still terrible. Yeah. But like, so the, these measures alone aren't enough. Um, we right. really need to be mindful just, of it. They still have a mask mandate there. Right. And that's the thing. Like, they were just the minimal effort to try to curb infection rates. We never really even got into a lot of the shit that would really, really fucking help. You know? Like, for fuck's sake, in the Chinese markets, you cannot walk into the store without going through, like, one of those tents where you get sprayed down with fucking disinfectant like you're going out of a lab. You know, they were like, wait a minute. No, nope, we're going to defunk every fucking one of you before you come into this public space where food's being prepared and stuff. Right. Why? Because they were taking better measures. Man, if we started doing that here, so many people would be going full-blown conspiracy theory idiot. Like, what's the chemicals they're spraying on us? What's it going to do to me? Motherfucker, it's just, it's going to kill the germs on your fucking clothes. Fuck off. You know, like, <sighs> fuck. That's the kind of shit that we so, really uh, need to do in here. We need to have defunking tents at the doors of every fucking place where there's going to be a bunch of people at. I don't care whether it's a fucking grocery store, whether it's your favorite concert venue, whether it's a whole damn music festival, motherfucker, get sprayed as you come in, <laughs> you know? I mean, life's all your ass. Because 
Your clothes carry germs from everything you've touched, sat down on, fucking brushed up against through the day. Yeah. Um, so this is, I wanted to point this out. <clears throat> the 28th of July is right about when Mexico started sending supplies to Cuba, right? Syringes and, and the like. Yeah. Look at this spike in their vaccination rate. Yeah. Um, as of August 6th, which is the last update, um, they're 41% at uh, at least one dose. And they're just shy of 25% fully vaccinated. And they started months after us. Like six months after us, something like that. Right. It's a good thing they started knocking the vaccinations out that quickly. Um, I mean, with this Delta variant spreading so fucking quick, we're going to need all the help we can fucking get, you know? I mean, it might not prevent, you know, getting inoculated with it when you get exposed, but it'll at least prevent severe illness and death, you know, just because right. of recognizing that corona spike protein pattern itself. Um, you know, it's at least some protection against the new variants. You know, I just stopped screen sharing and I want to show you something else because we're going to do okay. a comparison here. I'm going to bring up the same graph for the U.S. here in a minute. You see, okay. you know, they've been having a lot of outbreaks, right? So, like, their testing has gone way, way up, right? Like, almost double what it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So... Like just drag it all the way to the bottom. That's where we rank in everything anyway. Look at our tests. Yeah. Well, you can pretend like the numbers are going down if you just start testing less. Yeah, right? Trump. Weird. Trump said that and Biden's doing it. Uh-huh. They're not so different. Our testing is way down. Our hospitalizations. And these are seven-day averages right here. Um, 56,000 people hospitalized. 14,000 people in the ICU. Seven-day average. Fuck, man. And I mean... Come on, guys. Really? And I mean, even that same as like the, the chart that was popped up um, for numbers across the board of infection rate, like the, the numbers in the fucking ICU or hospitalized at all are sitting about halfway up the height of that last peak. So why people are still being like, but I don't want to wear 
wear my mask and I don't want to wash my hands. I don't want to do anything productive. Why should I take my vitamins even? Like, sit down. Sit down and shut up, people. Because we're, we're already seeing the result of starting to lift any of the fucking mandates. That we're already bare minimum. You know? That we're already less than the bare minimum. Fair. Fair. I, I really won't argue with you about that one. Because the bare minimum should have been so much more extensive. Um, it's just sad to see the numbers fucking climbing again. Um, I'm, I'm curious, though, as far as the number of deaths of if that chart has that on there too i think it does it's been a minute um like i was using the same source there for the stuff i was pulling up earlier too but i i didn't check the to see if deaths was marked on there And there you can see at least that's not going as high as halfway up the last spike. Why? Because the vaccine rolled out. Well, hold on. It's only a fraction of the way up. I mean, it's, Uh, I want to do more than 30 days, but less than all time, damn it. It definitely is going up, though. It is. I'm not saying it's not. You can very clearly see it's an increase there. Um, But I'm just saying as far as even looking at the levels of the last spike, it's not halfway up there like the case numbers are. It's about a fifth of the way up there. Well, yeah, I mean, the the pool for deaths should be a lot smaller with so many people vaccinated. Um, Yep. I'm really disappointed that it's not more than it is, but... um, Natalie pointed out, oh, excuse me, Natalie pointed out in the comments that the the Delta variant is much more contagious than the original strains of COVID-19. Uh, it's, yep. it's more comparable to the chicken pox. Yep. And on top of being more contagious, it's more infectious too with having more viral load itself. Yep. So it's spreading easier and kicking your ass worse. I can't imagine what would be kicking my ass worse than the previous strain of fucking COVID that I had because I felt like I was fucking dying. I so when when I read those numbers of how much worse this Delta variant is, I'm like, Mm-mm, keep that shit the fuck away from me. Keep that shit the fuck away from me. Like people wonder why I don't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> shit, man. Like it's unreal. Ow. Sorry, I need a moment. My sciatic nerve is on fire. So, it's like a stretch. Um, oh, fuck. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to pop up there for COVID? No. 
let's see. I'll pull this other piece back up here. Um, I guess we can go into uh, international, international stuff, though, right? Yep, that's what I was gonna bring up here. Okay, I've got that. All right. Um, um, so the this is the delegation. Uh, I guess since we were just talking about Cuba a minute ago, I'll start with there. Um, the Cuban Olympic delegation returned home. Um, I mean, basically, they were treated as you know stars i mean really like nba people would be here like right the country's super proud of them that's what yeah. i would take from that but um yesterday the president of cuba recalled the effects of the atomic bombs in hiroshima and nagasaki and uh i mean we just talked about that too so i think that's relevant um huh, anniversary so you know, there's some acknowledgments of a reminder of this is how fucking horrible it is to use these bombs. That's the least we can do on the anniversary of so many people being so brutally killed. Today, the Ministry of Public Health confirmed 7,950 new cases in Cuba, which actually is quite a bit low uh, compared to what it was a couple of weeks ago. It was, what, eleven or 12,000 was the seven-day average. So, you know, now that their numbers are starting to go back down some, um, that'll, that'll be good. Oh, yeah. um, I clicked a different page. Let me... Uh, I had to wait for it to translate. Ah, uh, yeah. The Embassy of Cuba in the United States is ready to receive donations. That is that is new. Right on. Okay. Uh, that's something we need to dig into then and find out uh, how they are sourcing those donations, how we can help. You know, I agree. I agree. We're just sending contributions um, to. Also, and and I mean, I know that the embargo technically excludes food and medicine, but most countries don't trade even food and medicine with Cuba just to avoid that whole fight. Uh, Canada is uh, and UNICEF are donating medicines to Cuba. I love that both of them are giving the United States government the middle finger right now. Right. <laughs> Fucking solidarity. Shit. <laughs> Man. That's the worst thing that a so-called Christian country can do. They love, you know, the Republican Party especially, they love to be like, yeah, we're a Christian country, even though we're not. We have no state religion. Um, but we do have a huge population of Christians here, and so many of them are totally in support at least of the legislators who are still pro-embargo and it's like is that what the fuck jesus would do right 
last I fucking knew, he was all about free food and free medicine. How about we lift that fucking embargo? Um, also, okay. there is a, and this is actually really exciting, uh, given the situation in Cuba. Uh, we know that they invest every fucking penny that they can in, you know, healthcare, science, so on and so forth. Uh, Santiago de Cuba will have a new molecular biology laboratory uh, that will be at the height of the most modern in the world. Um, which, I mean, I'm kind of wondering, I'm waiting for the page to translate. There we go. Um, since the appearance of COVID-19, the province enlisted the only laboratory of this type existing outside the capital, which emerged in 2016. Um, to face the rise of the dengue fever and the Zika epidemic. Um, so today, well, not today, but right now, uh, they're installing in the second level of the Center for Ty uh, Toxicology and Biomedicine of the University of Medical Sciences. Um, or sorry, that was the first one was <laughs> installed in the second level of the Center of Toxicology and Biomedicine. Uh, it was insufficient for requirements in 24-hour un uninterrupted work shifts, as well as for the storage of supplies, a greater demand of electricity and water, and the flow of biosolutable uh, measures of the personnel. So, um, this thing's been in the making for a while, and I would imagine, I, it, I understood that it was supposed to already be open, but due to the shortages that happened in the uh, last few months. I I'm actually really surprised that this is still happening. Um, <clears throat> but this laboratory is supposed to create about 200 jobs occupied mainly by women. Right on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm just glad Women's to see that Obviously, Cuba is going through a rough time right now, like probably just as difficult as the special period in the 90s after the fall of the Soviet bloc. And they still are, you know, marching forward in the name of science. Um, it's, it's pretty inspiring. But that being said, um, there's been a lot of help internationally. Uh, the world is starting to respect Cuba as its own country rather than just parroting what Americans say. I mean, Canada sending them supplies, that was crucial. Mexico sending them supplies, China sending them supplies, that is crucial. And I, I can almost guarantee that this place would not be opening had that not happened. Right. That's thing like you you can't actually be a good human if you are not trying to help other humans regardless of where they live, regardless of whether you like their type of government or not. 
to deny people access to food and medical supplies is heinous. Oh, wow. So there's stories about this next. Uh, we're all pretty familiar with the coup that has happened. Uh, that <laughs> happened in February in Myanmar. Um, there was anti-coup protests on the anniversary of the 1988 uprisings. And that is being reported on by the news all over the world. I'm kind of impressed, actually. Reuters, Vatican News... The Hindu, BBC, New York Times. I'm, I'm kind of impressed. It's about time they started paying attention. <laughs> I mean, is it is it impressive for them to be paying attention to something like this? <coughs> yes, given their track record. But should it also be the bare minimum? Yeah, it should be their job. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what i was gonna say before i like inhaled my spit uh <laughs> but yesterday there was protests against the military government all across the nation and it was the anniversary of the bloody suppression of a 1988 uprising against the previous army junta at least six separate protests uh protests were documented on facebook pages of opponents of the military which seized power from the elected government over six months ago and detained its leader, Nobel laureate Aung, Su Aung, <laughs> Aung San Suu Kyi and several other key officials. Um, and, and the coup brought to an end a decade long, Reuters called it an experiment in democracy. Right, they'd just gotten rid of one military coup Yep. And started to put in place an actual elected government. So I'm noticing, though, that the, like these Southeast Asian countries really like big protests on names or on dates that, you know, repeat. <coughs> like, for example, historically, they were marching in commemoration of 8888. What is. 2222 gonna be like that right. and that's the anniversary of the coup by the way yeah um so here's a couple of quotes taken from facebook videos and translated by reuters i would assume it doesn't say uh but quote the old debt from 88 we must get it all in this 21 or uh, another one in a, from a different protest. Quote, let's struggle toward the unfinished 8888 people's liberation. And that's the thing. I mean, is they are... They're definitely going to... The, the protesters, that is, are definitely left-wing. You know, whereas yeah. this military junta is very right-wing. And, I mean, the only thing that could have bridged the gap was their kind of centrist, democratically elected government. Um, but apparently that was even too far left for these military reactionaries. Right. But I have a feeling they're about to find out what a real revolution looks like by the end of this. Right. 
I mean, dude, we've been watching this simmer and boil and come back down to a simmer and then boil again for months. Right. They need to release her. They need to get her the fuck out of prison. She does not belong there. Well, so she's she's in her she's in her own home. She is under house arrest. For they still what, need to release months. her. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I just yeah. wanted to specify yeah. that she is in her own home. She's not like in a military prison, but she might as well be. Right. At least in a military prison, she could talk to other people. Right. In her own home, she's being restricted from just about every fucking thing. Yep, including, uh, you know, telecommunications, internet communications, probably her mail. Hmm. It's fucking disturbing. Um, What's going on in India these days? You know, I don't know, but if you find anything on that, I can do Ethiopia's update after that. If if you're still looking, I'll take a moment and read through this piece here because there's um, a lot of horrendous shit going on there right now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, United Nations Children's Agency expressed alarm on Monday in response to reported attacks that over 100 children were killed in Ethiopia's Afar region um, amid a humanitarian catastrophe fueled by the spreading and ongoing Tigray conflict. Uh, this is a quote from their executive Director Henrietta Four, she said the intensification of fighting in Afar and other areas neighboring Tigray is disastrous for children. Um, the death toll of Thursday's attack on families sheltering at a health facility and the school is over 200. Um, sorry, my mouse just quit. There we go. The latest violence for added follows months of armed conflict across Tigray that have placed some 400,000 people, including at least 160,000 children in famine-like conditions. Four million people are in crisis or emergency levels of food insecurity in Tigray and adjoining regions of Afar and Amara. Um, more than 100,000 have been newly displaced by the recent fighting, adding to the 2 million people already uprooted from their homes. Forewarned of the threat of a tenfold increase in the number of children who will suffer from life-threatening malnutrition in Tigray over the next 12 months, as extensive systematic destruction of health and other services that children and communities rely on for survival continues. Um, the humanitarian catastrophe spreading across northern Ethiopia is being driven by armed conflict and can only be resolved by the parties to the conflict, said Four. Uh, nine months of fighting between armed forces of the Tigray People's Liberation Front and forces united with the Ethiopian National Defense Forces have been blamed for thousands of deaths and sparked repeated warnings of harm to civilians, including from blockades stopping humanitarian aid, destruction of, frame, of farming infrastructure, and rape as a weapon of war. Um, the Agents France Press reported on Friday 
rebel forces from Ethiopia's war-torn Tigray rebuffed U.S. calls to leave neighboring regions. One day after they seized the famed UNESCO heritage site, uh, Lalibela, the latest turn in the nine-month conflict. Nothing of the sort is going to happen unless the blockade is lifted, said Getachu Rita, spokesman for the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Um, Getachu referring to restrictions on humanitarian access there. Um, Northern Ethiopia has been racked by fighting since last November when Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed sent troops to topple the TPLF, the then ruling party of Tigray, which dominated national politics for nearly three decades before Abiy took office in 2018. In an op-ed published in June at the New York Times, Ethiopian journalist um, Sidale Lemma accused the Abiy government of waging brutal war on Tigray, calling it Abiy's punishment for Tigray's refusal to accept his authority. The UN's emergency relief chief, meanwhile, says a ceasefire is urgently needed. This war has to stop, said UN Relief Chief Martin Griffiths on Friday. This war has to end. And I agree. And that's that right there paints a picture, you know, why so many of us are anti-war. Because look who suffers the most from it. This this isn't, you know, targeting the people they even feel are responsible for the problems, you know sociologically it's all of the families the children you know the community itself suffering being you know left with no food no medical care so other people can you know fight over well i don't like the way you govern um i mean when when his response when abi ahmed's response is to send troops to topple people who are speaking out against him. That's a problem. Free speech is a thing and they need it there too. There's there's no excuse for waging war on your own fucking people because they don't actually want you in power. That means there's something up with that election that needs to be looked into when there's so many people who don't fucking agree with it, maybe something's off because that seems pretty strange to go from, you know, having at least a further left uh, government for over 30 years to this, which sounds like another reactionary government. What's going on there? This is something I'm going to look deeper into and see what else I can find out about this. Because this situation is also coming to a head. It's just a shame. Uh, you know, <sighs> hundreds of kids dying at a time. Anywho, Rob's still not back, so I'm going to see if I can find something. Oh, there you are. Hey, you have perfect timing. Um, 
Did you have something pulled up for India? I do. It's in the chat if you want to follow along, because I'm sure you're going to have a lot okay. to say about this. But I feel like this can probably be our last piece. Uh, yeah, we're going on two hours now. Right. Um, but hundreds of people protested in the Indian capital, Delhi, on Wednesday for the fourth day straight. Um, this article is from August 5th. It was update, updated August 5th anyway. Um, so I, I don't know if these protests are still going on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I do not blame them for being pissed. Um, outrage continues to build over the alleged rape and murder of a nine-year-old girl from one of India's most oppressed castes. That would make my blood boil if I was that. Oh yeah, and I mean, you're, you're lucky. I, I mean, not you, but they, meaning the the they in India are lucky that they're only you know marching with signs with pictures of nooses. Right. Anyway, mm. um, they're they're lucky that you know it's not real nooses. Yeah. Um, so, demanding accountability for the girl's death yeah we want justice justice for India's daughter uh, the parents attended as well sitting on a makeshift stage with supporters from their village the girl's mother sobbed and screamed at times calling out for her daughter to come back it's heartbreaking man said it before I say it again the only good pedo is a dead pedo they need to find out who the fuck did this and string his ass up or better yet go medieval on that ass and draw and quarter him so uh anybody who's capable of this does not deserve to be allowed to live sorry right around so, late morning police estimated there were approximately 80 protesters present However, the, the crowd soon swelled, uh, with a CNN team on the ground placing the estimate at closer to 300. And uh, police confirmed that 200 security personnel had been deployed to the protest uh, site. Fucking kidding me? Right. Um, the nine-year-old girl, a member of the Dalit community, the most oppressed group in India's Hindu system of caste hierarchy, had gone to fetch water from a Delhi crematorium on Sunday, according to Ingit Pratap Singh, a senior Delhi police official, citing a statement from the victim's mother. After the girl did not return for half an hour, the crematorium's priest, 55-year-old Radhi Shyam, called the mother and showed her the body of her deceased daughter. <clears throat> Quote, the girl was lying on a bench there. They told her mother that look her lips are bluer and her body is burnt from the lips to the wrist um the mother was told that her daughter had been electrocuted while trying to fetch water sham and three other crematorium employees convinced the mother to cremate the body claiming it would be a hassle to involve the police and the girl's body was cremated with her parents present but the incident sparked outcry in their village. After the parents returned home, about 200 villagers gathered demanding justice. That same night, police arrested four men alleged to be involved in the girl's death. They have yet to be charged, 
but have been <clears throat> uh, remanded to ju judicial custody for two weeks. Police are investigating the crime as an incident of caste violence and are also investigating allegations of rape made by the victim's family in other villages. Since the girl's body has already largely been cremated, medical examiners could not ascertain anything based on the remaining parts of the body during the postmortem exam. Uh, forensic units are now testing other pieces of evidence like body fluids, bodily fluids on our clothes to ascertain if there was any discharge that is used in the sex, sexual assault. In India's caste-based social hierarchy, Dalits refer to those belonging to oppressed castes and have been referred to as untouchables in the past. They experience severe discrimination and are often victims of sexual assault and violence. Uh, India's caste system was officially abolished in 1950, but the 2,000-year-old social hierarchy opposed on people by birth still exists in many aspects of life. Uh, the caste system categorizes Hindus at birth, defining their place in society, what jobs they can do, and who they can marry. And the Delhi chief minister tweeted a statement on Tuesday uh, after facing accusations of silence, saying, quote, the murder of the nine-year-old in Delhi after being ravaged is extremely shameful. Um, I will meet the victim's family tomorrow and do everything possible to help them fight, uh, help them in this fight for justice. Uh, I'd be looking at the people who worked there at that place where her body was at first. I mean, especially you know, okay, you work at a crematorium, the kid dies there, you talk the parents into burning her body, saying it would just be too much to ask the cops to look into this. Right. That screams fucking guilt. So I wish they would have actually said who got arrested, because I'd love to know if any of them are those motherfuckers working there at the crematorium. This is fucked up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, government officials saying, oh, we stand with you in your fight for justice doesn't mean shit when they're sending in the cops to break up the protests. Right. Like, if anything, they should be sending security to protect the protesters, not to try to stop them. If they're going to send them at all, it should be to protect them. I mean, especially when this is already mostly this cast of people that are extremely fucking oppressed other castes might not respond very fucking well to this they could end up having um some of the people who are doing the oppressing already fucking show up and try to cause trouble you don't need to send cops to harass them too if anything you're gonna send the fucking cops in tell them to protect the protesters god damn it um it says here they were even burning effigies of prime minister narendra modi as anger grew over his silence on the issue and the perceived failure of the government to protect young girls from the country's persistent rape problem um protesters included men women and children some wearing masks with a cross over the mouth to signify silence from the country's leaders. Um, 
My relatives live in the same village as the girls, said Anil Kumar, 46, at the protest on Wednesday. It's complete lawlessness in New Delhi. A nine-year-old is raped and the administration was sleeping. We want the harshest punishment for the accused. An example should be set by the government. Women's safety cannot be taken lightly, he added. Um, Savita Shiel, a resident in the neighborhood where the incident happened, said she was shaken when she heard about it. Uh, she asked if such things are happening next to an army cantonment, how can one be reassured about women's safety in the national capital? And she was referring to how the Indian Army's headquarters, military housing, and base hospital were in that same vicinity of, you know, where this murder happened. Um, the mother of the victim told CNN on Wednesday that she wanted justice for her daughter's death. My daughter was a very good daughter. She was a lovely daughter, she said in tears. Um, activists and opposition politicians have taken to Twitter to highlight the ongoing problem of sexual violence against women and caste atrocities, which have persisted for decades despite concerted efforts to combat the issue. The daughter of a Dali is also the daughter of the nation, tweeted Rahul Gandhi, a member of parliament and the former president of India's main opposition party on Tuesday. Um, according to India's National Crime Records Bureau, more than 32,000 cases of alleged rape were reported in the latest available figures from 2019. That's one rape roughly every 17 minutes. Experts say the real number is likely much higher owing to the shame attached to reporting sexual assault and the social barriers faced by the victims. The number skyrockets when taking into account other crimes against women, like sexual harassment, voyeurism, attempted rape, or other types of assault. Uh, those in low ranking and oppressed castes, about 201 million people out of India's 1.3 billion population, according to the government figures, are especially vulnerable, say human rights activists uh, and organizations. Nearly 46,000 cases of crime against oppressed castes were reported in 2019, of which 3,486 cases were registered as rape. It's fucking horrendous. Um, similar cases sparked outrage in nationwide protests last October. Um, a 22-year-old Delhi woman died of severe injuries injuries in Indiana's um, northern Uttar Pradesh state after being allegedly gang raped. Did you just say Indiana's? Did I? <laughs> I'm fucking tired, man. And if I India. did, I meant India's. <laughs> um, hey, man, the brain's not firing on, on all cylinders at the moment. I'm. It's been a long day. <laughs> you are. <It> <laughs> But the same day last October, another 19-year-old Dalit woman died in the Hathras district of Uttar Pradesh after she was allegedly gang-raped and strangled by upper caste men in a separate incident. And her body was cremated without the family's consent. Um, a month before that, a 13-year-old Dalit girl was 
raped and murdered, also in Uttar Pradesh, stirring fresh anger amongst the Dalit community. India's rape laws have been amended several times in the past decade after a number of heavily publicized rapes and murders shown a global spotlight on shocking rates of sexual assault in India. Uh, however, activists say the existing laws still fail to protect women and many of the problems associated with rapes or with India's rape crisis um, continuing. Um, sometimes our sisters are forcibly burnt in Hathras and sometimes in Delhi, said Chandra Shakarazad, a leader of the prominent Dalit group, Dalit rights group. Uh, Beam Army on Twitter on Monday, she said, our struggle will continue when we get justice. That's the thing. Only real way to get justice is to end the life of every fucking rapist out there. How are you going to achieve that? That just... You know, people like that, especially sick bucks like the one that raped and killed this nine-year-old. There's no fixing someone who is like that. There's no amount of jail time or therapy that will ever help. You release them back into the public and they're just another fucking risk to the public again. The only way to stop them from being a fucking threat, a terroristic fucking threat on your community is to sentence them to death. And for as little as the motherfucker had to say, um, I can't remember his name now, who you were referring to a few minutes ago that only made a brief statement. At least he was calling for the death of whoever these fucking pedophiles are that raped and killed this little girl. Right. <clears throat> That's the only fucking way to handle that one. There is no justice without giving the family peace of mind. And they're never going to have peace of mind until that motherfucker is no longer exchanging oxygen with the environment. Everybody in that neighborhood is forever going to be worried about what if my daughter's next? Or what if my sister's next? Or what if I'm next? You know? And you can't blame them. Like, in, in a world where shit like that goes unpunished most of the fucking time, <laughs> like, that's something that is pervasive in the minds of women and girls of having to constantly be on your fucking toes wherever you go because somebody might try to sexually assault you, rape you, kill you. It's unacceptable. Motherfuckers wonder why I carry so many weapons. That's why. That's why. Because <laughs> right. it's a fucking necessity as a woman. It's a fucking necessity. <laughs> and it's sad that, you know, that's, that's how we have to respond to it. Because we're already fully aware that the odds are whoever it is isn't even going to be pursued let alone caught or punished conviction is 
like a pipe dream. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, um, I guess we can probably wrap this up, though. I yeah. Hope, I hope that everybody uh, enjoyed our show tonight, and I hope everybody goes and reads, well, listens to The Conquest of Bread. <clears throat> um. Yeah, make sure to keep up with us at forweirmany.org. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, um, we have a PayPal link on forweirmany.org on the side of every page, as well as a Patreon link. Um, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash forweirmany. If you want to be involved or if you want to give us pointers or suggestions or even things to talk about, or, or if you want to be involved, uh, send us an email at forwearemanypodcast at gmail.com. We are definitely looking for more content creators, um, hosts, if you're down to get on camera with us and participate in the show itself. We're also looking for people behind the scenes because we're old and we don't tick the talk, for example. So, you know, if there's somebody out there who is, you know, social media expert when it comes to stuff like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, we could really use some help there. We do have a few awesome people helping us um, with the administration and moderating on, on Facebook and stuff, but we definitely need to expand that to the rest of the social medias. So that way we can have a more active presence there. Um, Cause we are many and we need to reach fellow like-minded people because the only way that we're going to actually be able to do anything collectively about all these issues that we're talking about is coming together. We need that fucking solidarity. Agreed. I don't have anything else to add. All right. Well, just be sure to join us. We got part two of Emma Goldman coming out. Um, part 13 of Bobby Seals Seize the Time for a Revolutionary Left Book Club pieces. Um, we're going to continue the Black Panther Party uh, with a book by Eldridge Cleaver next. So I do believe this coming episode is going to wrap up the end of Bobby Seals' book. Um, if so not, then it's going to be like that. a short one after that. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, God, the title is slipping my mind now. The other one that we're going to start for Tuesdays. Oh, uh, Eldridge's book, Soul on Ice. Um, no, that's for Thursdays. I meant for oh. Tuesdays. Uh, the other book club. Anarchism is... and other essays. Thank uh, you. Which we will be doing in conjunction with the Bread Theory podcast. I would imagine yes. that all of the episodes will be posted to his platform as well as ours. Um little cross-pollination we've been calling it yes indeed because again this is about left unity not just commie unity <laughs> right you know there are so many of us on the real left and 
until we come together and form that fist, it's kind of hard to fucking slap the shit out of our stupid ass government, you know? Uh, you don't make much impact slapping like this. You got to at least bring them fingers together for a good slap. And if you really want to make an impact, make a fist or even a crane. I can tell you that one is very impactful. Just, but either way, it takes bringing them together. <laughs> Anywho, I'm going to go smoke another one. <laughs> right on. And uh, y'all have a good night. And we'll see you Wednesday. We're going to take tomorrow off so we can start doing some of that pre-recording and planning out that we've been discussing. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, once again, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you will be getting, since we'll be doing most of these things recording in advance, the further, the more time goes on, the more advanced our patrons will get, uh, right. you know, these things. I mean, like right now we're trying to build the two weeks out, but we're probably going to try to keep it more than that out besides the current event streams obviously those will stay alive right but everything else that we can get pre-recorded we're gonna do early releases for for you patrons because we appreciate you we want to start showing you that <laughs> amen to that until next time friends oh shit same blonde hair same rap channel oh my god <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> no all right y'all thank you for joining us we love and appreciate you fucking solidarity we'll see you soon like thursday yeah well or, well wednesday like, wednesday, wednesday 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 yeah emma don't yeah. forget emma part two <laughs> for sure she's anyway. such a badass anyhow have a great Good night. night peace